Welcome everybody to Fat Guy Loves Cake. Oh, I've been a bad boy and I am one day behind on another show. I am so sorry, but Fat Guy Loves Thanksgiving and Fat Guy Loves Leftover Pie and Fat Guy Loves Turkey and Cranberry Sauce and Fat Guy is just getting fatter. Oh my god, I can't believe it. I am so overweight and not getting any smaller. I look like if you pulled... Like the arms and legs and the head off of a G.I. Joe man, and then you rolled up some Play-Doh, and then you stuck the legs and the and the arms and the head back in. Like everything is proportionate to a skinny guy, except for the round, soft middle that I can't get rid of, which is nobody's fault but my own. So I don't know what I'm complaining about, but I have starved myself today. My head hurts. I'm delirious. I've had nothing but rice and crackers and lots and lots of water. But enough about my diet. It's time for the show. Fat guy loves cake. I'm Joey and let's get down to it. I told you guys last week that I was going to have a show about tattoos, do's and don'ts and that is where we are going today. So here is your tattoo day late episode and let's get down to what to do and what not to do. Now tattoo obviously is a huge decision and people say, remember it's forever. And you go, yeah, I know. And no, it's forever. Yeah, I know. No, no. but see, stop and think about it. It's forever. What you think is cool now, you may not think is cool even in as little time as a year from now. I have a lot of tattoos. My left arm is completely sleeved, and I went with a nautical theme. It's waves. It's a clipper ship. It's an eagle holding a, a wheel. It's got an anchor. My son's name on it. It's timeless. Unlike the... Tattoo on my upper right bicep, which I've eventually, this this was a band called Blank 77, and there was like a thousand people maybe in the entire world who knew who they were. Huge punk band, and their little mascot was a, was a guy snarling his lip, you know, uh, nose ring, and, and Liberty spiked blue hair. And I got that, and I at the time I thought, oh, I'm the shit, right, you know? And it, stand, it's, it stood out so bad because it was the only tattoo I had. That you could see. I had one other one. My first one was on the back of my calf. And I don't know what the fuck I was thinking because this one was not timeless. I mean, what did I think? Like, in the whole world of 8 billion people that I was going to run into one of the very, very few gutter punks that knew who this band was and they were going to go, cool, man. And then we were all going to, like, collectively decide to live in a treehouse together as squatters. This is the worst tattoo I could have ever gotten. I regret it to this day. And that's why I'm doing this. So... My first category, I've written them down for myself here so that I don't forget. Category number one is going to be tribal. I didn't think that this would... I would have never thought if you told me that this was a category I'd have to discuss in 2021 that I would say no, no fucking way. Based on my own sightings around town in this current day and age, I guess I do need to tell people that uh, tribal tattoos are not were not, and never will be cool. I don't know how it started, but it started with white people, and it should end with white people. And I don't pretend to be an expert on tribal tattoos, but let me tell you something. I, I, I see people around town, and they've got, they've got tri- these white, white, white men. They've got tribal tattoos, like full sleeves of them, okay? And it's like, dude, okay, you're so fucking white, you're practically clear, and you've got tribal tattoos. You don't belong. If you should be wearing any kind of tribal tattoo, it should be the American flag or the or the Union Jack, okay? And there's only two people that should be wearing tribal tattoos in this world. Either people who live in the jungle of South America or an extra from the movie Apocalypto. Otherwise, 
you don't need to be wearing a fucking tribal tattoo. If white men are going to get tribal tattoos, you know, these college boys wear, that are wearing white hats and going to keggers and wearing sandals are getting tribal tattoos. They should say things like, like, like a banner across the arm that says, Roofy King, or Dude, Sweet, Dude. <laughs> Just don't do the tribal, okay? You ever see uh, Dust Till Dawn, George Clooney, Total Badass, the whole entire film, right? He's kicking vampire ass, and then at the end of the movie, he takes off his jacket. He's got tribal all up and down his arm and across his neck. He looked like a total D-bag. So that's what I gotta say on tribal. Okay, next tattoos. Misspelled tattoos. <laughs> I know that we've all seen the vast amount of misspelled tattoos that the internet has generated, and that is because there are so many stupid people. Even people I know who are extremely intelligent still make constant spelling errors. So when you go to get a tattoo and it involves words... It is a really, really good idea to make sure that they are spelled correctly. I mean, you got a fucking smartphone, Google the word. Look it up multiple times on multiple sites. You are tattooing. You do not want to be walking around with no regrets on your fucking chest. Or maybe you do. It's become so funny now that I really want to get a tattoo that says no regrets. You know, I... I don't even, just have bad tattoos, and a shitload of them are going to come up with misspelled words. Do your homework on misspelled tattoos, okay? Or you are going to be the guy that everyone laughs about behind his back. I know, I know that when you get in the chair, and they get the needle prepared, and you, you're like, oh, you're so fucking stoked. Maybe you're even drunk, you know? That also has a lot of influence on the tattoo. And I know how exciting it is to get new ink. It's fucking awesome. It's such a great feeling. And when it comes out perfect and you look at it in the mirror and you're like, yeah, okay? But how are you going to feel when you get out of that chair after an hour or two of somebody drilling into your chest and bleeding, you bleed, and you get up to flex your fucking pecs in the mirror and you see daddy's little angle or it's get better. Doesn't take that long to, to check. I have a friend that I have known my whole life. He literally grew up across the street from me. And he was the first person I ever knew that got a tattoo. And his father was a preacher. And it, so, of course, to I guess to kind of like meet somewhere in the middle on him having a tattoo and then being a religious family, he got a cross with a banner that says Christ. But the problem is, is that when it was done, it said Chris. True story. Seriously, it said Chris in a banner on Jesus Christ's cross. And the tattoo artist, I guess because when he finished, he was like, oh shit, that says Chris. And so he, he marked in this tiny little T. You know, the C-H-R-I-S were done in these beautiful letters. And then the T is like this little afterthought. And <laughs> it's so... Oh, man. And uh, you couldn't blame him for that because that'd be on the tattoo artist. But, you know, now they do stencils. So before they even put the needle on your skin they're going to draw it in this purple color and then they're going to slap it on your skin and peel it off and you can look at it so take a good long fucking look or spend the rest of your life having no regrets okay third thing on my list let's get through it uh, i don't want to spend all day on this uh portraits portraits 
are one of the absolute hardest things to do for a tattoo artist. In fact, when most times when people get tattoos of portraits, they're from an artist who specifically specializes in portraits. The last thing you want to do to make a memory for life of your child as an infant is to have some mutant little goblin troll tattooed on you that looks like something out of a Rick and Morty fever dream. Okay, you're not doing that kid any favors. Do not get a portrait. I don't care if it's Kat Von D. It's fucking stupid. All babies look the same. Okay? If you're going to do anything for your child, get their name. Simple. And also make sure that's spelled right. Portraits? No. Okay. And my final topic on tattoos. This is the kiss of death. Getting someone's name tattooed on you. Someone you are in a romantic relationship with. Someone you are not bound to by blood. I guarantee you, no one has ever made it to the end with someone's name tattooed on their body. If you want to get someone's name tattooed on your body, get your children, get your mom, get your dad, your grandpa, your grandma, your dog, your cat. Things you have to love. But don't, don't get, you know, we're all guilty of puppy love. You meet somebody and in like you're so stoked because you're in this new relationship and for the first few weeks you're like, oh, I'm going to love this person the rest of my life. It would be a great fucking idea to get Drake tattooed across my forehead. No, no, fucking don't. Think about it. That's such a bad idea. Let me tell you something about people's names, getting people's names tattooed on your body. No matter where you put it, in fact, the more of an intimate place you put it, no matter where you put it, Somebody after that person, after you break up, someone else is going to see that, okay? And if you get Joey tattooed as a tramp stamp, well, then when you and I break up, the next guy is doing you from behind, he gets to see my name every time. Sure, you can cover it up, but you're always going to know. He's probably going to know. You can never put a tattoo of someone's name on you without someone else seeing it. You'll have to cover it up. Or, I don't know, you could put it, uh, you could like shave your pubes and you could get it there. But could you imagine, you know, one day you and your new boyfriend, you know, and and uh, he decides that he wants you to shave down there and then he goes down on you and he's like, who the fuck is Bob? Well, Bob's the guy that was munching that pie before you, son. So that's your do's and don'ts of tattoos. I hope you've learned something here. Let me just also say this. I do recommend that you go to a talented artist Tattoos are like macaroni and cheese. You will get what you pay for. So when you go to a tattoo artist, you better order fucking craft. Okay? The more you spend, the better it's going to be. If you walk into a tattoo shop and somebody, if you go, hey, uh, how much to do my whole upper bicep? And the guy's like, oh, you know, I can do that for 50 bucks. Get the fuck out of there. Okay? Because you're going to get a really bad tattoo and probably hepatitis. Spend money and thoroughly thoroughly look through a portfolio of a tattoo artist. If you spend enough time shopping around, you'll see the crappy ones from the good ones. And yes, some people do overcharge. But if they're going to charge you a lot, make sure that when you walk out of there, that shit could be put in a magazine. Alright, so that's it on tattoos. I'm done with that today. And another thing that I wanted to talk about, this one I'm going to be doing totally ad-lib. I have to get to my Facebook... I asked my closest friends this week to tell me, I'll tell you exactly what I wrote when I get to it. I asked my closest friends on Facebook to tell me the funniest or most embarrassing story they think of when they think of me. And I got a whole lot of responses, so I'm going to just start from the very beginning. Okay, so my friend Tiffany says, When you used to make fun of my piece of shit baby daddy, 
and make him your bitch in jail. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I they were always having problems, and I would call him or text him, and I would come on to him, like, just profusely. And he, he for some reason, he would never, like, tell me to fuck off. He would just be like, no, man, no. And I, I'd be like, I'd say, Kyle, dude, you know, we shared a jail cell briefly uh, years ago. And so I kept in touch with him. He... <laughs> And I'd call him, I'd be like, I'd be like, I know you had feelings for me, bro. You felt it when we were in jail. We just couldn't act on it because it was an eight-man cell and, you know, but now we're both free, so. And he'd be like, no, man, I, what? I don't know what you're talking about, man. Stop with that shit, man. And he'd hang up on me and then I'd text him and I'd just say the, just most, just the dirtiest, nastiest shit. That was just as a favor to Tiffany because I love her and he was, you know, doing the old skipping town on the baby thing. There was that. Let's see. Aaron says, I've got a few. Yeah, I know you do. I already told the story about you trying to kill me with the car. Which, by the way, for any of you who have been listening from the beginning and you've heard the story about Aaron trying to murder me with his car, Aaron has agreed to do an interview in the future with me, and he says he's going to set the record straight. I'm going to continue to say that he is a filthy fucking liar with homicidal tendencies towards his close friends. Let's see. What else? Old band, old band, you knew about that band, God, so there's a lot of people saying I've got a lot. <laughs> oh, Casey, my old drummer from my band, he says, teabagging Scooter and being asked not to come back. What he's talking about, Casey and Scooter and I, or his real name is Benny, uh, we used to have a band called Farewell Nostalgia, there's a three-piece, and we played this show at this skate park in somewhere in like mid Houston. And I, I don't remember what the name of the place was, but it was really, really kick-ass place. Had an outdoor skate park and an indoor place for bands to play. And we played this real big show there. We had a great turnout. But what we didn't know was that the owners were like hardcore Christians. Okay. We were told not to swear. I just figured it was because there was kids. I had no problem with that. I don't swear in my songs. You know, it's just, it's tacky. I didn't, but I didn't know it was because they were a Christian, and I I respect that, and I and that's fine, you know. But I didn't know that was the reason, which actually doesn't even make any sense for what I'm about to tell you. So, uh, Scooter jumped off the stage, and then he got he crawled, he kind of like climbed back on, but he was laying down on his back, and he's playing, and so I do like the squat, and I'm teabagging him on stage, and uh, yeah, they told us that we were never allowed back there. And I had no, I thought it was funny, you know. It was fucking funny. It happened all the time, it shows. Let's see, Aaron posted some pictures of uh, the road that he tried to kill me on. Lon says, getting a feminazi tattoo. I have no idea what the fuck that means. <laughs> Tracy says, the time that you locked your fleshlight in your trunk and couldn't get it out. I know exactly what she's talking about. When I got divorced, uh, like, a decade ago, and I moved into my new house. My grandmother had left me this house, and she had left me a car, this old 68 Rambler. It was a kick-ass car. And I had left, and I had brought all my shit with me to the house. I brought everything that was material that was important to me and my cat, and that's it. I had my Xbox. I had my all my guitars. I had my laptop. And I was so afraid because my wife knew where I was. I was so afraid that she was going to come over here and take my shit. Like, if I was gone, I was always at the bar at night, and I wasn't going to take all that stuff with me every time I left the house. So I locked all of it, my guitars, my laptop, my Xbox, and yes, my fleshlight, 
in the trunk of this car. If you don't know what a flashlight is, you can Google it now. I'll wait. Okay. So, I had all this stuff locked in the trunk, and then I lost the fucking keys to the trunk. And I couldn't get... I had to... I eventually had to... Um, to take a screwdriver and pop the lock on this trunk to get my flashlight out. I don't know why I told that part of that story to Tracy. I guess I shared a lot of stuff with her. That's funny that she said that. I would have thought that w that she, of all people, would have wanted me to tell the story about me choking this guy out at a club one time that she always thought was the funniest fucking thing that ever happened. That was so crazy. I was there, it was me, and we were playing this show called Zombie Fest, and all these people were there, and it was like eight bands. I had put the whole thing together. Made a fucking killing at the door. And if you dressed as a zombie, you got like half off or something. And we were playing second to last. And my wife was in the crowd, and I was off on the side chatting and drinking. And apparently, I didn't see it, but some guy turned around to her and stuck his finger up her nose, and it sliced her nostril open. Like, he just casually turns around and takes his pinky... And he goes to stick it up her nose, but his nail cuts her, like, all the way across her nose, and it was bleeding pretty good. And she came over to the table, and she told me about it. She told me how it happened, just like I just said it. And she had a proclivity for lying a lot, so I was like, well, maybe she's exaggerating. And I asked everyone at my table, because I had my back to this. They all had their, they were all facing the crowd. And I looked at everyone, I said, is that how it went down? And they said, yeah. And so I drank a little bit of my beer and I put it on the table and I said, watch my beer. And I made my way through the crowd and I spun that guy around and I started choking him on the stage. He was bent over backwards. So his top half was flat on the stage and his legs were still on the floor. And uh, I and I was like, you gotta fucking choke my wife. You took my wife. He was like, so at the time, we'd already finished playing, and so the band that was playing after us was this this metal band uh, my friend Alex is in, and they, you know, they were like fucking hardcore metal, right? And he's the bass player, and I've got this guy, and I'm choking him on the stage, and Alex comes over, and he straddles the guy's face, and starts, he's like, sp starts spreading his legs out, you know, doing like a little slide out. While he's like he's jamming on his bass all the whole time, the song's going, you know, his legs are spreading out and his his sack is getting closer and closer to this guy's face and he's rocking, he's making that fucking rock face like yeah, you know, and he's teabagging this guy and I'm fucking strangling him on stage and it must have been quite a sight. Bouncers came and uh, took me off of him and I showed them my wife's face and she her nose was bleeding and they tossed the guy and that was that so. <laughs> I remember Tracy had me tell that story like a million times after that happened because she said it was so awesome how I was so relaxed that I was just like, watch my beer. <laughs> oh my God, that reminds me. One more story. One one more thing uh, that I got to wrap the show up. The Fleshlight. I had, when I first moved here, obviously this was, like I said, I was I had left my wife and I was not going to be used to doing without. And so I called... Uh, an old girlfriend of mine who worked at a place in the woodlands called Loveworks. If you don't know of Loveworks, it's this store that's been like a staple on Rayford Sawdust and I-45 for fucking ever. And it's not a, I wouldn't call it a porn store so much as like a, uh, a toy store. You know, it's got, you know, vibrators and dildos and, and rubber vaginas and lingerie. It's, it's pretty classy actually for a place that sells shit like that. 
And I know they're not paying me, but I am going to still highly recommend that you go there. If you ever have the chance, it's just north of Houston. It's called Loveworks. And there's nothing in there they don't have. And you don't go in. It's not all gross and like like people in trench coats hanging out like at Diners News downtown. It's you know it's a classy joint. You can go in there and you can you can enjoy looking through the stuff and having a good giggle. And there's this joke part. Anyway, I call my ex girlfriend up at Loveworks and I tell her I say, look, I know you're like the man when it comes to this shit. Okay, you're like the person to see. So I need something. Here's my situation. I'm going to be alone probably for a little while, and I'm going to need something to hold me over. What can you do for me? And so she starts naming all these different things. She tells me, oh, well, you know, the Fleshlight. This is when the Fleshlight had, like, just come out. Oh, well, the Fleshlight is, uh, you know, it's a great new product. I was okay, what is it? Oh, you know, it's shaped like a flashlight, but it's got a vagina on the end of it. You just, you know, you stroke. Okay, all right, okay, that sounds good. You know, so I, she says, okay, are you going to be, she, she says, are you going to be up here anytime soon? I said, I doubt it, you know, not anytime soon. And she said, well, is anybody coming down there? I said, well, yeah, actually my mom is coming to visit me in like two days. She goes, oh, well, there you go. And I said, oh, okay, yeah, you know. I said, put together a little uh, goodies box for me and I'll uh, have my mom come by and pick it up. You know, and, and uh, so she did. And I'm thinking like, yeah, you know, this she's this this is gonna be comped, you know, this is my ex and we're still on good terms. She's not gonna make me pay for it. But she did. So it's like so my mom goes in there and my mom thinks she's just picking it up. No, she rings her she rings my mom up for all this. I, I never asked my mom how this all played out because this is how I found out that she paid for it, because she shows up to my house with a box, unsealed, and says this cost me $85. And I was like, ah, Jesus. There's no way that the three-hour drive from Houston in a box from a porn store that isn't taped, there's no way that she didn't sneak a peek. No one does not sneak a peek at the porn store box. Uh, you know, I was kind of embarrassed, I guess. I don't know. I mean, what, what should I be embarrassed about? Is it my, you know, my mom. So I'm just thankful that she didn't say... What are you going to do with this? That could have been an awkward conversation. All right, so that's going to do it. This is your Monday morning show on Tuesday. I am so sorry for being late. I promise that we'll all be on time from now on. I'm going to really start doing them a lot earlier. Instead, I just went into a full fucking pecan pie coma after Thanksgiving, and that is the only excuse I have. You can contact me at fatguylovescake at yahoo.com. That's fatguylovescake at yahoo.com. Send me a message. I love getting mail. I love suggestions about the show. I love hearing that people are listening. If you want to listen to it on YouTube, it's on there too. I put them up at the same time as the Spotify. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough for being supportive. Share it with your friends, and uh, everybody be safe, and I'll see you on Thursday. Bet, 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 bet,